episode of Learned, the podcast, with your hosts, Dr. John Paul and Kevin Allred. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Learned. I am Dr. John Paul, and I'm with my friend, Kevin. Kevin Allred. That's yes. me. <laughs> How are you, boo? I'm doing good. I'm tired today, but otherwise good. Good, um, good. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? Um, it was good and busy. Um, just stupid shit though. I, like built a little bunch of <laughs> IKEA furniture. I saw that tweet. So tell me, <laughs> what was that tweet about? I don't know. I still don't know what that was for. Like, if if people didn't see my Twitter, I was like, you know, it all. You always think it's gonna be easy, and no matter how many IKEA things you've already built. And then it turns out to be not as not what you expect. At least for me, that's how. And I it's feel. never in English, is it? Their instructions are never in English. Well, they're just pictures, so they don't have <laughs> like they, which is fine. Like I usually can get it, but then there's some parts that have lots of different pieces. So like I was building. You know, like a nightstand and a bed frame. Like, so with the bed frame, it got a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I tweeted out a little picture. I couldn't, I don't know. It was, it had a big caution with a baby. <laughs> and it looked like there was like a zip tie around the baby's neck. Wow. And it was on a huge piece of wood. So like someone was like, maybe it means choking hazard. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's like. Nobody can fit this piece of wood in their mouth anyway, so I don't know. Oh my um, god! I don't know, but it's all built now, and I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm, I feel, my body is very. Yeah, it feels like I ran a marathon or something. And we, t- and we talked about that last episode about how <laughs> our bodies are changing, and I feel the same way today. Um, I just went back to the gym, and so I'm feeling fine right now. I hadn't been to the gym in a month, um, just with travel, and then I got sick twice. Like me and my partner kept giving each other a cold, um, mm. and. And then finally, we've been able to kick it. Yeah, we've been able to kick it. And then I finally was like, okay, today is the day that I'll actually go to the gym. And so I feel fine now, but my fear is how I'm going to feel tomorrow morning when I wake up. Because that's always the worst part is like after a long stint of me not going, my body always hurts after. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's how I mean, I wasn't at the gym, but building a couple things from Ikea and I feel like I was at the gym for hours. Right. It'll still do Uh, it. It'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I'm good. Um, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been on the road and really trying to kind of fall into this new editorial spot that I'm in um, with Narratively. So I'm doing. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's a really Congrats cute. Congrats to you, you. But you've got you've been, you've had like a bunch of things. Yeah, it's been cute. coming happening. It's been cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like an editor now, not just the writer, but the editor. Right. So it's a very it's a very nuanced thing. It's I'm a guest editor, and so I want to make sure that I put that out just in case like Brendan or somebody hears it. I don't want to make myself <laughs> to seem more than what I am. I'm it's not the new full time editor. Right. I'm just, not a full time editor. Just the, just the <laughs> right. Yeah. And so being a guest editor is like I said, it's really cute. Um, I've been able to really work with some really really cool people to get their pitches together, so that way we could get some stuff published um i've been very intentful i'm i'm covering what they call the renegades channel and so thinking about folks like specifically like us right people who have been through a lot or have seen a lot and ultimately are now trying to recraft their story and i think that that's the thing i i love about this podcast and i love about working with you and 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 all the stuff we've been doing i feel like i'm finally in a place where 
I've been able to really kind of craft my narrative and be able to really help other people craft theirs. And so mm. now I get to be in a place where I can say, if somebody wants to talk as much shit as they want in an article, I now have the power to assist with pushing that narrative through. So that's what makes me so excited mm. about being a guest editor for Narratively is that I'm helping push stories to the top that normally kind of get deaded. You know, a lot of people, yeah. I don't think we talk about this and maybe you could, you know, you can feel free to chime in when you want, but you know, you, a lot of us, a lot of people don't understand that we pour our hearts and souls into the articles we write, um, even to the stuff we pitch. And then there's those moments where you're like, yeah, this is a really good pitch. And then you send it to an editor and they're like, we'll pass. And you're just like, fuck. Like, I just, <laughs> I, it's not even about the money. It's about you being so passionate about telling yeah. the story, you know? And so I, I'm happy that I'm, I, as I'm reading the emails and as the emails are coming in, I'm, I'm able to see people light up about the stories that oftentimes I know don't get greenlit in a lot of narrative spaces. So, yeah. So that's that. Yeah. How long is it? A t- is there a time frame on it, or are you just until? So that's the cool thing. I, I mean, I don't. Right now, it's you know, we, we, we. I've been told basically, I need to find five to ten stories. I had mm-hmm. about twenty five people pitch me, um, and so, and then when we, I've been scouring and I've been kind of going through all of the pitches and really just really trying to make sure that each of them have like a strong story and then ultimately we're, we're hope I'm hoping to at least get five to 10 really good solid stories that I could, I can push through all the way from pitch to, to, to publish. Um, I'm not going to even lie and say that it's not difficult. I've been going back and forth with emails all day today um, and trying to wash and trying to get acclimated back to being on Pacific standard time. So it's just been a lot, but I'm, I'm really, really happy. Like I said, to finally be in a place where I'm getting the experience that I've always wanted wanted and, and and being able to help people tell stories that oftentimes don't get told so hmm. yeah so that very cool very cool mm-hmm, yeah and then other than that i don't really have anything so um yeah i guess we can jump into the podcast so <laughs> um so today we are not fuck me we are fuck my drag um we are not <laughs> we are not celebrating dr john paul today we are celebrating the release of <laughs> kevin's book it is finally public everybody in a mama can now know about it and i am so happy so tell us more the what book, is the book of, what is the book of about. So it's not even it's not even out. It's just exciting enough to be able to, <laughs> to finally know. announce people the know. stuff. Yeah. Right. The pre-order links are up. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is called Ain't I a Diva? Beyonce and the Power. Hold on. <laughs> it's a bunch of words. Beyonce and the Power <laughs> of Pop Culture Pedagogy. So it's basically the book version of the class that I started back in 2010. Um, before the Beyonce blow, well, Beyonce was always like a huge thing, but before like the academic blow up of Beyonce and now, now there's a bunch more classes, but I feel like to my knowledge in 2010, I was the first one who did a full class on Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'm wrong if I'm wrong and anyone knows about any older ones, let me know because I don't want to be claiming anything that's not true. Um, (laughs) Uh, what's her name? Uh, You be, oh, what's the girl who was claiming she was the first fat rom com girl? Uh, Rebel Wilson. You don't want to be Rebel Wilson. Uh, No, I don't want to be Rebel Wilson. (laughs) And I researched it all, like, and I am happy, like, I love working with other people that are teaching Beyonce classes and talking about Beyonce in all days, but I, you know, it was like, I'm always find it. I like take a little bit of pride in the fact that I was like 2010 before everyone jumped on the before Beyonce called herself a feminist and all that. Yeah. Um, uh, so the class was called Politicizing Beyonce. That was at the school that shall not be named because then they screwed me over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Everyone knows what it is. Um, 
And then, you know, obviously over the years, uh, the class changed. Beyonce released other stuff. And so this is like the most recent version um, of the syllabus, but in narrative form as a story. There's like stories from the classroom. There's stuff about teaching philosophy. And then there's just lots and lots of music video analysis all alongside black feminist writing and artists, other artists and activist speeches and everything like that. The book only cites black women. That was a big point for me that I wanted to make. Um, because a lot of times people tell you you can't do that. Right. So because I had the opportunity to say, and the syllabus only cited, like only assigned black women too. So that was kind mm. of carrying, carrying it over. Um, none of the stuff is like about Beyonce, but it puts it in conversation with like Sojourner Truth, um, Kimberly Crenshaw, Janet Mock. Uh, That's amazing. All these kinds of, uh, lots of different people. So there's... 11 chapters, 12 chapters. I can't remember. <laughs> it changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pre-order links are up now. It doesn't come out till June 11th. Of it'll be here before you know it. It'll right. be here, before it'll be you here know soon. It. But um, the pre-orders are up on Amazon. The links are on my Twitter, at my website. Um, you can also pre-order through the publisher, Feminist Press. Um, it's, I mean... It's always good to support the press directly, but I know lots of people buy on Amazon because you right. get free shipping and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it doesn't charge you until the <laughs> book actually comes out. And the pre-orders make me look good. So even if you pre-order it now and get me to number one and then cancel it later, it doesn't really matter. No. Yeah. It, do- it will matter eventually, but <laughs> it'll make it look good. Yeah. Um, the other cool... Oh, a couple other cool things to mention that I couldn't say until now is... It also features an introduction by Cheryl Clark, who is one of my... She's one of the people that's assigned in the class, too. Her, she has... I mean, people maybe... You all know her. You should know her if you don't. Famous black lesbian poet, feminist poet. Um, really, she's still around writing, um, but kind of came up in the late 70s, 80s, or just 70s and 80s, you know, with that kind of wave of amazing black feminist writing, lesbian Mm -hmm. feminist too, writing. Um, So she writes an introduction to the book, and then the cover illustration is done by a cool young artist, Emerald Pellet, who does her... She has a company called Girl Trouble, but without the vowels. So it's just the consonants of those words. So her website is grltrbl.com. Okay. Right, and she does, like, intersectional feminist pins and t-shirts and cards and so she does a cool illustration of Beyonce for the cover um so it kind of like all of that kind of marries the young generations with older generations and black feminist stuff across time so I'm really excited for it you can see the cover too obviously on Amazon or whatever look up my name or just ain't I a diva and it'll come up um, yeah. Insert applause, insert applause. <laughs> insert insert applause. applause. Yeah, insert <laughs> applause. Um, no, so I'm, like I said, I am so excited. Cause, and that's the other thing, like, you know, as, as much as we, we talk about everything and everything, I don't think any of, anybody fully understands one, like, and I think that that's the thing that makes me so excited before we like jump into like the contents of this week's episode. One, no one really understands how much stress it is to write <laughs> anything 
that's more than what 10 or 15 pages and so like the stress of the constant re-edits and the con like so i mean as much as i don't know what it's like to write a book i wrote a dissertation and i could only imagine that the emotional ties that you had to your book were the same emotional ties that i had to my dissertation um the critiques that you get back from your editor the um the moments you feel alone as you're writing it Mm. so i think that that's the reason why i'm celebrating it so much because as somebody who hasn't quote-unquote written a book but has written a book like it's a book without the book title um i know how draining and how much more emotional it can be so i'm just like i said i'm i am over the hills and over the moon (laughs) with knowing that it's done and you can kind of say like you're a published author now so yes queen well not quite published i should have i think Mm -hmm. This week or maybe next week, like the first, you know, advanced copies that get sent out okay. for people to do blurbs. So like when I hold it in my hands the very first time then as, you'll a, say it. as a book, I'll be like, yes, published yes. author. Yeah. But that What you were saying, you know, it's also really it's it's part of the stress, especially writing about Beyonce or writing about pop culture. And this can happen with articles or whatever you're writing. But you know, you've been working on it for so long. Like I said, I've been teaching this since 2010, so I've had ideas about her earlier work mm-hmm. forever. And then, you know, later some other people can come along and say similar things, and you're like, no, that was yeah. going to come out in my book, but now it's going to seem like yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on the wagon wagon, but yeah. I had that, I was thinking that for so long, and, you know, so it's like, and I know it happens so much today with pop culture writing and someone jumps in and just gets it out there first. And you're right. like, Ugh. but part of what I want, like, there's only a couple books out so far about Beyonce, just in mm-hmm. general. I know there's like maybe another collection of essays that's coming out. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about them, I think, are they all, they all share similarities, obviously, because analyzing music videos, people are going to come to similar conclusions about some things and then like have a lot different ideas depending on how they're teaching it or thinking about it um is that each one of the books about Beyonce so far um is like really different and cool and in its own ways they share things and it's like kind of building this community of people that want to talk about Beyonce and right not just as fans, but like in critical fun ways too. I always want it to be very fun and <laughs> I'm obviously a huge Beyonce fan. Some people write about her from the perspective of more of a critic, like... Well, she's a black woman. She's going to always be critiqued. Right, So people are going to always have something to say. (laughs) Right, so part of my thing is like, yeah, I say some things where like, oh, she's not really coming across as strong with this message here, but I'm like never going for the takedown right. of anything. I'm always like celebrating Beyonce. Yeah. And um, I think people who often try to take her down and I know we are oh we are so far away, but I think <laughs> it's important to kind of break this down before we kind of jump into what we're doing today. Um is to really think about that, right? Like how how like artists like Beyonce. First first off, let me just say how fucking amazing is it to think that you have this impact, right? Where people are writing books about you right. and your stuff and then people are writing like I there are days where I sit back and I'm like, just imagine what it's like. Some mornings, I'm sure she just wakes up. She's like, I'm fucking Beyonce. Like, could you <laughs> imagine waking up one day and knowing you were Beyonce? Like, that's like Michael Jackson, too. Like, the mornings that I, I could not imagine what it would be like to wake up and know that you are, that your impact is that Your-B. massive. Yeah. You, well, know? you know, did I tell this story? Okay, here's the secret story. Well, it's not that secret. 
and I don't know if I've told it on this podcast you probably have before, it. but you know, Beyonce's publicist did come to my class. Wow. Um, and like told me that Beyonce was knew about the class, which is enough for me to like die float happy. Away. Yeah, <laughs> right, you just yeah. float away. Tell <laughs> her, take me uh, away. But but like you know, just kind of gave a little bit of validation, saying like this is really cool. Beyonce is so you know thinks this is so cool that people are talking about. That's what she wants. She's an artist and she wants to create conversations. Correct. Um. And she, so that was really cool. And on top of that, they gave us 50 tickets to see the first On the Run tour. So wow. I got to take, I, I got to take my students on like the most amazing field trip ever. I would have <laughs> to cried see Beyonce. Because I could, I think, I've not gone to the first On the Run or the second one. Because I just, I honestly didn't want to put up the money. I, I don't right. like Jay-Z enough. So I've always. I, well, I hadn't bought tickets for the first On the I yeah. bought for the second one, but. I wouldn't have gone otherwise, but they, and, and it was just like an out of the blue. I knew a person who knew Beyonce's publicist, but then, okay. but that was it. Like, and we had talked cause this was another student at the school that I was teaching it at. And she came and sat in the class and thought it was fun. And then one day out of the blue, I just got a call. Mm, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> this oh is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they're like, we'd love, we'd love to invite you and all the students to the show. And then. That is Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was that really was cool. Amazing. And then she came and sat in on the class and like talked to us about the inspiration behind some of the stuff on the on, on the run tour. Mm-hmm. She listened first to the students and was like, "We're we're as we're analyzing some of the videos and parts of the tour." And she's like, "Yes, yes, yes." This mm-hmm. is, <laughs> so yeah. it was really cool. She's always been super creative, and so I guess that kind of that's what our we're, we're you know kind of letting the cat out the bag. That's what today's episode is going to be about. It's basically going and we could probably title it's like the impact of Beyonce or something like that but that's what her like, impact this, yeah just, we'll just title it her impact her <laughs> impact yeah like Beyonce's impact is crazy and so as you know like I mean and I hate saying crazy oh insane is the word I should use and so thinking about like your book coming out and thinking about this idea that on the run just ended the end the second edge of the end uh, on the one tour ended um I honestly wanted to just kind of have a, a whole episode where we get to kind of gush over how amazing this woman is because we she always comes up in every episode that we, we could we do yeah, we could do um, this every episode yeah really. we could literally have a whole podcast where we're just talking about b but i think this episode would be really fun to do well i thought this episode would be fun to do considering that we're celebrating your book coming out um and really just thinking about how amazing you know her work has been this year um and it's so funny for me because i go back to this idea like she really hasn't done anything this year outside of the <laughs> beachella and the tour that she hasn't put yeah. out really any new like she hasn't put out any new work she hasn't really I mean her thing in September was great and we were able to kind of see more into her and her pregnancy and things but you know oh the Vogue the the Vogue issue yeah yeah, in September and so I mean she's done little things but she hasn't done anything well everything everything is love we had a too oh yeah so that was where the fuck have I been yeah (laughs) shit I don't know how I overlooked that. Well, it was kind of mm. it was kind of uh, clustered in with the on the run two okay. tour, so you know. Yeah, and then um, she has her global citizen show that's happening coming. December second. I think uh, it's the I'm second. Not sure, which day? Okay, let me pull. Is up it being broadcast? Back. Are we going to watch? Can we watch that live? That's the, the question of the day. I think every I have it on my calendar as Beyonce performs the <laughs> Like I don't know what I y'all mean, doing, important. but important. I'm doing it. I right. will be sitting somewhere trying to find that live stream, but I haven't seen anybody open up about or say openly that the live stream is going to happen. So I'm I'm praying that it will. Because 
Go ahead. Well, I'm guessing that it's not going to be anything brand, brand new. Like It won't. It'll either be the Beachella, mm-hmm. perform- like maybe with some tweaks or some of the On The Run 2 stuff. I don't think yeah. it'll be a whole completely new... I mean, well, you never, you but never we know. We still with her. got two, three you weeks. You never girl. know. We have you to be never ready, know. right? Because Beyonce know. is real good for doing that whole thing of like, oh, it's like it won't be new, and then all of a sudden she just drops something the day before. I'm just praying, mm-hmm. praying. I have until June, <laughs> so yeah. my book can come out without another new thing. Yeah, because I had the whole book written before Lemonade came out. Then I had to rewrite everything, and then I submitted my final draft, and literally that weekend. Everything is love dropped. dropped, which actually didn't cause that big of a problem because I was able to drop a few references and it didn't it didn't need to be kind of like really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm just praying like but if another Beyonce solo album comes out, I'm going to have to do some more. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I need Beyonce, if you're listening. Like, please don't. You're girl, not, please. You're not. We're not just, ready. Just wait till just, July. Yeah. Wait until July of 2019. <laughs> and yeah. then we are good. I think we will you know looking at the the trends in terms of like what she's been doing in the past years i mean we had the three-year gap between 2013 and 2016 um and then i Mm. think you know we had everything is love come out this year so i'm i'm almost certain that we probably won't see anything really new new from her until maybe early end of 2019 early 2020 well we got lion king too coming next year so she's gonna be majorly involved with that yeah so i don't know if and 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 not saying that i'm not wanting her to i would love (laughs) new info but part of me is kind of like in this mindset of like I'm okay with the lull that kind of sits over when she's not doing anything because I know I'm like she'll come out with something in the next year or two and Solange is coming with something by the end of this year and they usually like to give each other a little space yeah a little space to be yeah, because you know, there was an eight own. month gap between the first between Lemonade and between Seat at the Table because Seat okay. at the Table came out in November of 2016 too so Okay. Didn't it? Was it 2016 or was it 2017? I can't remember. It was the same year that, but I don't remember the months of, it was the I same. I think it was 2016. I yeah. think it was 2016 because I remember driving to work and constantly having it on repeat. Um, so either way, so I'm really, really excited. So, okay, so we're going to get into it today. <laughs> we are going to get into our top songs and our top performances of Beyonce. Um, and they can be of all time. They can be from any, they can be from any show. Um, they could be from Destiny's Child. It can be anything, but we have put it as oh, one Destiny's. of our yeah, I didn't. I didn't consider Destiny's. You child. didn't consider Destiny's Child because there's some good performances there too. No, well, I mean, I considered them. I was okay. just like, I, I, in my mind, I focused on solo just Beyonce solo when Beyonce? I was making my list. So okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll we'll make it fair that if we don't, if we want to leave Destiny's Child out, we can. But if we want to throw those in, those oh are also no, fair we can always too. add them in. Okay, Michelle's having a. A rough oh, time too, oh, right? Oh, the ghetto, honey, the ghetto. No, not that, but the the reality oh, show. Did you see that? I just know. Happened? I oh, saw oh, that. That's what I'm referring to, and I oh, actually okay, commented okay, on okay. it. <laughs> oh, child, and you know, and, and I don't want to go. I don't want to go too deep into this because, yeah. again, it's not my it's not my place. But I right. definitely, I, I, you know, I tell people all the times I get asked that a lot. You know, what is it like to be in an interracial relationship? And mm. I always tell people like it is one of those things where it's like if your partner does not give you the space to open up and talk openly about your race or your experience with your race then they they're not for you and so i'm i don't know where michelle is i don't know what she's doing we still love her i still love her but i'm hoping that she allows this to be kind of a red signal for her a red flag well, I, didn't, to- I didn't see the actual show either Ooh. and i don't know if maybe some 
because mm. I always like distrust headlines a little bit. So I, I was saw wondering the clip. If, so it was it was it as bad was as they're saying. Okay. It was as bad as it, it was <laughs> saying. There's an actual video clip. I would tell anybody to go out there, watch it for yourself, make your own assumptions. Because again, because I am black, there is a bias that's there. <laughs> but in watching that clip, there was a lot to unpack. But anyway, that's Michelle's bag. I hope she gets that's that together. Yeah. Uh, that's a different subject for a different day. Um, so <laughs> we don't know each other's list. So that's the cool thing about this. We don't know each other's list. So I'm going to go ahead. It is your, you, you go first. You tell me what's your first song so, or performance. So we're just, start, are we doing songs first and then performances? Or it, yeah, we could do, yeah, we could do songs first and then do performances Okay, next. so my three favorite songs. I went for like less obvious, because obviously I... Love them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every song is a good song. It's hard because actually, no, that's not true. Because there is one. <laughs> there is one bad song. What's your bad song? Daddy. Oh, I hate that song too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any time that song comes on. I skip it. You know what else song that I cannot stand of hers? I hate Irreplaceable. Oh, really? I like, I like I like that one. Nope, I'm skipping it. I mean, it got played out for a while, so like I didn't want to hear I've it, but I still like it. it. Oh, really? I've never liked it. I, you know why? Because I don't like Neil's writing, mm, and I can hear it. That's fair. Yeah. I liked it because the guitar chords were easy, and I could play it myself on the guitar. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. I just I don't like I don't like Neil's. I don't ever really like anything from Neo. Um, so knowing he was behind that song, it was immediately a no for me hmm. as soon as I heard it. He kind of fell off, or did he? Is he still? I don't know. Maybe he has music, and I'm just not paying attention. I don't think we are. But um, yeah, I saw. I went and saw her at the four. There's four shows at Roseland Ballroom, mm-hmm. and Neo was one of the people that was there. Like, so it was all everyone was like general admission on the floor, and then there was a balcony with like the famous guests were out yeah. there. So Neo was like waving at everyone, and everyone was like, eh. was so <laughs> he, he was trying to get everyone's attention, and people were like, Is that Neo? We don't, yeah, uh, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Daddy is a terrible song. Um, okay. what's your favorite song? Other than that, so. The, one of the ones I chose as a favorite is Jealous from Beyonce, the self-titled album. Okay, okay. I like it because it's weird and, like, uncharacteristic, mm-hmm. even of a song. And I go into, like, the videos. This is a big chapter in the book, Partition and Jealous. But yeah. I like, um, I don't know, it's, like, haunting and... and I like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like the video really made the song yeah. more. Like, I think Beyonce has. Yeah, I mean, she I think knocks a lot of artists, everything off the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that there's a whole thing that a lot of artists can do this, but I think specifically Beyonce. Beyonce has a way of taking a song or taking a well, taking a song and then doing a video or a performance to it and giving the song a whole new life. And so I think with the video for Jealous, I think seeing her walk through New York with the wet like mm-hmm. cement and her in that coat, it just there were all these things that were happening in the video that made me go, I really like this song a lot more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I hear you on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites. I always I always like that one. Okay. I am gonna cha- I'm gonna raise your jealous, okay. and I am gonna say one of my favorite all time songs of Beyonce. Although I love all of them, my favorite all time song is Deja Vu, mm. and I will tell you why. Um, so the reason why I love Deja Vu, I know that Rodney Jerkins is behind it. Um, wasn't I'm, I'm not all, I too am also all Rachel Dozal. I too, I too. <laughs> am not. I wish that people big, could see us do the. <laughs> I know, 
right? Um, I am not the biggest fan of Rodney Jerkins' later work, like when he was getting more towards like the 2006 to 2009, 2010 edge of his mm-hmm. career. I felt like a lot of his stuff was very repetitive. But I feel like with Deja Vu, I think it's the 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 musicality of the song I love. Um, mm. Specifically the intro where you get the double time of the snare and then you also get the, 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 the you hear you can hear the upper bass and you can hear the lower bass. And I think the 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 intertwining between the two of the the upper and the lower you can hear my music my love for music is coming out right now right like, oh so, I love that yeah yeah like there's just there's an upper and lower bass that I hear in it and when she goes into the horns mm-hmm. and I, I will say before I get in oh shit I'm gonna get into my performances so I'll save that but I but I just I, there is something about deja vu and I think. Her going into her higher register towards the end of the song does it for me. After Jay finishes his part, you know, the second rap verse that he has, I think something is just about how she holds her, she can hold her note in that. And I've seen her do it both live and I've also, you know, you can hear it in the song. So it's just, I don't know. I I love, I, that is, I love that fucking song. I just do. This is just going to end up me telling like all these stories about the book, but yeah. Because Deja Vu is very central to the entire book. Like, that's... I think Deja Vu is the moment where everyone says, like, oh, she changed... And she does change the game in 2013 with the surprise album, whatever. But for me, the moment her career changed was Deja Vu and the second solo album. Yeah. B-Day coming out. Because that was the day she hadn't yet fired her dad and all of that stuff. But that was the moment she pivoted away from just like a collection of songs on her first uh-huh. album to making albums like she says in Life is But a Dream where she's like nobody makes albums B-Day was an album and ever since yeah. then she's made concept albums mm-hmm. um and that was really cuz it's after Dream Girls she's coming back harder she's coming back like this is my independence yeah um and it's really cool because it's almost a direct rewrite of Crazy in Love it has the same horns. It has, but it's recorded so differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so on "Crazy in Love," Jay is like she's she's behind Jay, being like, "Oh, uh, oh, 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 no!" You know the no, 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 the yeah. thing in the background. But on this one, she calls in all the instruments, and Jay's in the background, like, "Uh, uh," yeah, and yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. "Bass." Here it comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, so she's showing that she's in control. That to me is the defining moment of her mm-hmm. career. So. Yeah. And I've heard, rumor has it is that I guess that video was reshot because they didn't like the lighting on it. And they also didn't like how, I guess, some of the scenes too where it's it's a very sexual, quote unquote, very sexual um, omni. Uh, what is mm. what's the word I'm looking for? The ambiance of the, of the whole song is is very sexual. But I still, I agree. I definitely saw the shift when she when she was done with the um, when she was done with her first album, and then when she got into the second album, you could see her confidence come yeah. uh, come out. And although this wasn't my favorite performance, I, I will say that there's a if you if you've ever have you you've seen the BET performance she did right. There's a BET performance of Deja Vu okay. where she has the big afro and she's like she's dancing around the stage. It's very Tina Turner esque uh. uh, of the performance. But you can see that, and I always tell people, like, if you really want to see Beyonce as a performer, go back to that performance. Because Beyonce is hungry on that stage. Mm-hmm. You can see her basically really trying to prove that she's like, I, I'm in, I'm doing this, right? Like, yeah. it's a different, it's just a different air around her during that performance. And I love, I, I, I love, 
It's not my favorite performance, but I do yeah. love that performance. And she has another great one from The Fashion Rocks. Okay. Um, where she recreates the Josephine Baker banana dance, too. Mm-hmm. I read about that as well. So, yeah, that's that song is a good one. I almost put that on mine, but I was going for, like, mm-hmm. more hidden tracks instead of that one for mine. But I love yeah. Deja Vu as much. Yeah. As... yeah. What's your next song? Okay, next song, I chose Poison, which is a boy- bonus track on the okay. I Am Sasha Fierce days? It is. The, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's. I think it could have been. It could have been one. Of, well, it made sense that it was a bonus track because it didn't fit really either the I am or the Sasha Fierce mm-hmm. side. Yeah. But yeah. it was. It's a really cool song. I think that doesn't get enough. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get enough um, applause or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those songs that comes on that I know it's a Beyonce song and I'm like, okay, it's on. It's not. I don't hate the song but I don't love the song it's just one of those songs that I just I always know will come on and I'll just let it play for <laughs> yeah. per, I guess I don't know I but like yeah. when it comes on at the gym and I'm running and it's like a good song to run to yeah because the BPM's in it is yeah. very it's even it's a very even BPM it's not an up or down song um, I, I, I you know it, so it's gonna be real hard for me to kind of keep talking about songs without getting into like the, the <laughs> albums and the ideas I always get so mad because I feel like Sasha Ferris always gets the worst end of the stick like everybody seems to hate that era and i don't know why i've never understood i love that era of beyonce i did i love uh, obviously again i love every era of beyonce but i think every era builds on the last one so yeah to me it makes a lot of sense as like a uh a binary and dichotomy so my chapter about Sasha Fierce is all about gender binaries yeah, and, yeah. and things like this and the way she plays back and forth. Um, oh, but it also like, ca- and all that. Yeah. yeah and it catapulted mm. her into uh, ra- uh, another level of stardom that she didn't have yet with, with single ladies. And if I were a boy, really the two songs that mm-hmm. like took her still are, and single ladies is basically just a clap track and really, really a couple yeah. noises in the background and it's still so iconic it's like yeah mm-hmm. but i mean maybe that's why cuz it's like the most commercial mm-hmm, era mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah. it, weirdly it's not if you like analyze what she's doing but those songs happen to be the most commercial but the rest yeah. of the album really isn't halo no, but the rest isn't yeah is isn't irreplaceable on that cd too no it's on b day Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, damn. Okay, I don't know why <laughs> I thought it was on that, because I was going to say, then that makes a lot of sense, but no, okay. No, but it came I was from gonna, Ugh. Um, but, <laughs> but I was going to say, I do, I, I think for me, even on that album, like I said, they're not, it's not my favorite song, but there are songs from both sides that I, I truly love. Um, getting into what my next favorite Beyonce song is actually from that era. It's Crash Into You. Um, oh. I love that song and I love it. Um, it is one of, and I will say it's one of my favorite songs because I, one, so there's a, there's a whole thing behind it. I heard that that song was supposedly supposed to be for someone else. Um, and so there were a lot of songs actually from, I think from the Sasha Fierce whole, like they were a lot of songs that were given to her that was supposed to be for other people, mm-hmm. that, but that's either in or there. But I think what Crash Into You, what I love about that song, I think is, um, I, I personally get into how, um. I don't want to call her, I don't want to say it's haunting, but I want to say it's more of like a very insecure slash like, 
I don't really know the word of what I'm looking for, but there's just something about her voice in that song. And then like when you get to the end of the song, when the the music actually drops and she's just singing the very first verse mm. over again, you just hear, I don't, so, I don't even know if it's desperation, but I think I've, I, I think I've seen performances of that song too from the I am tour. And I've also seen her do it at Wembley and I also saw her do it at a few mm. other places. And it's just a very, it's a very like, sweet song i don't know i just think it's a very very sweet song so i just it's one of my favorite beyonce songs so that just made me want to add an honorable mention from i am sasha fierce too go for it which is hello okay because i think that song first of all is so difficult to say i think the sasha fierce side of the album gets a really bad rap because People just see it as like some dance songs, but the vocals on that side of the album are yeah. ridiculously difficult to sing. Mm. And the syncopation of Hello really yeah. gets me. I love it. Um, mm. But that's not my third choice. My third choice for favorite song is School in Life. Yes! Uh, <laughs> yes, School in Life! Some people hate that one. I get like an either love it or hate it reaction when I talk about that one. Yeah. Um, but it's so much fun, and it's also, which is kind of juvenile, but it's the first time I think she said fuck in a song, when she's like, laugh mm. like a motherfucker. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, Beyonce's really gonna, and then, you know, we had self-titled out of that, and I was like, yep, she's, she's, she's moved past giving the, the up pop- all of the youth, right. like, you know. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. she was never a squeaky clean artist she always had whatever but um that just gave me a lot of joy to hear her say laugh like a motherfucker yeah 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 in school and life um plus the beat it's just it's just fun yeah it is a good song i i will say uh, uh, what made me love that song even more was the again i'm not probably because again these are not performances i love but performances i really enjoyed i think seeing her do it at revel think yeah. was what gave it the the life to me i think the confidence that she had while singing it i think um the, the just, it's a fun song for her because normally she doesn't um she doesn't really give us i mean her, her songs are very thoughtful and some of them are fun um but i i don't know something about that song just felt more carefree than a lot of the other mm. music that she's put out and you could just kind of hear that she wasn't taking herself so seriously on the track and i mm. i really i love that about her there are moments where she can really hear that she's like i'm a trained singer I, i'm gonna hit every note yeah. like even thinking about i always go back to her being a powerhouse if you listen to um love on top the fact that there are very few people in this world who can get up into that octave that she does on love on top like yeah. that's what i loved about school and life was like that she wasn't key changes or five there key are changes. i've heard there's five i've heard there's five um and just thinking about that and so like school and life was a real fun time for me around that era um i so i as you were talking about uh as you were talking about your third one i know for me i initially had put down formation as one of my favorite songs but i'm not gonna i'm gonna go ahead and go back to the four era and i'm gonna say that i think my favorite one of my favorite 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 songs um is um end of time and Mm. i think end of time and i will say that it is it is 
the reason why is because much of like uh, the same reason why I love all of her our music, the performance from Revel, I think mm-hmm. is what gave that song so much more life for me from the drums, from the instruments to just, and it's very repetitive. Yes. But I think it's just a very fun song, even though there are parts of the song. I don't know what she's saying because she's <laughs> talking so fast. Well, um, again, like very few artists can mm-hmm. <laughs> perform those lines. It's so, yeah. so, fast and so syncopated and like you get a tiny glimpse of that in life is but a dream when she's doing the the lyrics to run the world and she's like Uh ah shit i can't like she can't get it all into one breath and she has Uh to like so carefully maneuver Mm -hmm. things it's it's really um amazing yeah, so I will say that that's probably those are my top three. There are more that I love, but I have we, for time we have to stick with the three that we love. So let's get into performances. What is your favorite Beyonce performance? Um, or performances. I'm gonna go chronologically of the three okay. that I've chosen. So my first one, some of like again, I chose I chose ones that weren't the same as the songs. So I. I love the song Scared of Lonely, but um, the performance from the Win Las Vegas yes. intimate show. Yes, yes. It's kind Even of, though people hate that one too. But I know, go it's on. kind of corny, but I always use it in class as a way to think about the way Beyonce makes meaning out of the same lyrics or changes meaning in the same lyrics. Yeah. Like, I love how she starts it slow with piano and then like builds and builds and builds and then like lets go at the end. Yeah. Um, but hey, I, lo- I love that hey. song too. Yeah. <laughs> There's yes. like a moment where she's doing these weird bird arm things, which is <laughs> all the student and I laugh at it too, but my students always really laugh at that part, which is kind yeah. of silly. But then the rest yeah. of it, you know, is mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I love that Definitely. performance. It gives me chills. Yes, 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 yes. So um <laughs> I also I too also love the Wembley performance, even though a lot of people don't. Um I just I, I think that there was just a lot of fun for her. I think that was fun for her. Um especially her you could see the the kinship that she also had with a lot of her 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 dancers and her performers and the band people. So yeah, I love that one too. My one of my favorite performances is the Run the World AMA performance. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you remember that one but that was the one where she was oh, wait, in front I'm of thinking the screen. billboard was it billboard oh yeah in front of the well, screen it, yeah it or was maybe she did billboard? it maybe she did it at them at the others too i but don't I, know i know she did it at billboard and then she got the award afterwards from yes it might have been it might have been billboard, billboard. billboard then hell well fuck me but overall <laughs> i love i love that performance and i yeah. love it because i think that was the first time we really saw her as like Beyonce, like mm-hmm. you know, you like people had always like, oh, it's Beyonce, but everybody had always associated her with like Destiny's Child, Beyonce, right? Like, even up through B Day, I felt like mm-hmm. she was still trying to shake off the whole like Destiny's Child era of her career. But that performance for me was like, oh shit, like she's actually Beyonce, like that's Beyonce, like you know, Destiny's Child was cute, but I I feel like you know from her walking around the stage to all of the women on the stage to her even coming out into the audience and. You you know, when she said um, oh, right. the, that part where she's like, uh, you better uh, something about cut my check and just yeah. the the passion she was putting in between yeah. like behind that of like y'all niggas gonna res- excuse me. Y'all niggas is gonna respect me. Like that's literally what I felt like I got from that performance. And so I live. That is one of my all time favorite Beyonce performances. Yeah. So And it's yeah. very cool. Again, I keep mentioning life is but a dream, but uh, 
to see her behind the scenes putting that performance together mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's your next um, one? Next one, I like... Well, I actually had... T- uh, no, I'm going to choose... The, uh, okay, I choose Why Don't You Love Me from the Mrs. Carter to... Ah, uh, damn it, that's on mine! <laughs> yeah, okay, well then, no, I'll let you talk about it. No, and no, I'll, no, you, you And you instead, I'll add the other one that I was debating, because I also yeah. really like the If I Were a Boy, um, where she goes into Alanis Morissette's You Oughta Know. Uh, at the with the... MT- was that the MTV musical? It words? was one of them. I remember which one. I think it was the Grammys. That was the Grammys. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, it was the Grammys. Um, yeah. But I liked that uh, connect mm-hmm. connecting the two songs together. I don't actually like Alanis Morissette, but then when Beyonce did, it, I was like, "Yes, yeah. come on, <laughs> yeah." Um, she, you know what? Alanis Morissette was the first avocado girl. She was the one, the high one. Oh. She was the first avocado. <laughs> that's what that's what people call them. And I guess I picked that up. Like she was the first avocado. Why are like, they called avocado? that? Because of the way that they sing from the back of like SZA is an avocado. Oh. Like, if you think about it, the I way that they sing, so, yeah. Tonight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So, she's an avocado. So, Alanis Morissette was one of the first avocados. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how we're going to refer to them. So, we have her to blame for that. Yeah, the way we do. I also feel like, um, you know who else is to blame for that, too, is Old Girl from No Doubt. She's also an avocado to an extent. <laughs> Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani is also an avocado. Now I'm trying to picture or list, hear her voice in my head now. I can't. Yeah, if you think about Hella I'm Good. Just and a girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she's also an avocado. I saw them live once. I don't know why, because I didn't care about them. <laughs> um... But she, and then she like did all these weird things on stage. She's like, I'm just a girl. Like, why are you talking? You're a, a, an adult, actually. Yeah, what is going really on? You're really not a girl, child. You're older. You need to act your age. But yeah, so she's a, but anyway, going back, I think what I, I do love that performance. I think she got a lot of like backlash because of the whole Rihanna Navy thing. Because that's when Rihanna was really into her whole um, Navy, yeah. the whole rated R Rihanna phase, when she was oh. in the dark black and the navy Rihanna. that's where all that whole all that whole thing came from that so a lot of people were saying oh Beyonce, beyonce's trying to outshadow rihanna but i don't oh. i don't know like i don't i don't necessarily ever think that that was a thing like i don't think beyonce ever really gives rihanna i think people give rihanna too much i love rihanna we're gonna <laughs> put that out there i'm a very big fan of rihanna but i also feel like people give her way too much and shout out to rihanna for legally preventing Donald Trump from ever using her music at that, yes. <laughs> rallies again. Yes. She was yes. like, not today, Donald she was Trump. Like, oh, not on my watch. <laughs> Three days later, she had yeah. like a legal injunction Mm-mm. against Cease him. and desist, honey. Don't use your music at my rallies, no matter. All right, I all right. live for every single artist who has done that. And so, yes, yeah, so shout out to Rihanna. Like I said, that, that was not Rihanna Shade. I no. was just saying, I think there are a lot of people who feel like Beyonce is always trying to come for Rihanna. Well, I don't necessarily oh. think that that's the fact. So, yeah, I don't. I like um, them both. I don't care. I don't like pit them against each other like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I will say, um, th- we'll call this an honorable mention, but my next favorite one is the Why Don't You Love Me, but I love it specifically from the Mrs. Carter tour. Um, she does this whole, I don't have you seen the Mrs. Carter tour at all? Well, so that's what I was naming because I think she did it the same way at the first On the Run. where She, she probably did. Where she does like a call, like. The call and Why response. Why Don't You Love Me? And then like has that 
audience scream for her, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, 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 why? And then the the the, tw- the less twins yeah. are dancing with her and stuff. So yeah, although I'm not a huge fan of them, and I will tell you why because I ran into one of them when we were at the concert. He had ran up to the top of the stairs and it was like poking his head out, and I just was like, oh my god, and I was like, it's so cool to see you. And then like he just gave me like a weird look and ran away. He didn't say <laughs> thank you or anything, and I just was like, well, fuck you too. Like it was it was just a weird interaction I had with well. him. So I've always kind of been like whatever whatever twins they're annoying so um but yes but i do think that that is one of her best performances yeah and then she does that i love it because she's just like making and she pretends to walk away like she's gonna leave if because we don't love her yeah 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 so she's cute there what's your next one okay so my this is my last one yeah or what are we on yes yeah um i went I mean, obviously, I love a lot of the per- performances of Formation, but I didn't choose mm-hmm. those. I chose Daddy Lessons from the Country Music Awards with the Dixie ah, Chicks. okay. I fucking love that. It's not, like, huge and flashy in the way, like, there's no dance routine or there's no anything like that. But I just love right. Beyonce showing up at the Country Music Awards for all those yeah. racist white people. Oh, they were so mad, girl. They were pressed. <laughs> like, and the entire <laughs> performance, you can see it in their faces. They There's were only hot. like one or two of them that's like really excited. Like Faith Hill was really excited that Beyonce right. was here. Yeah. And I love that she brought the Dixie Chicks who are like, fuck country Ooh. music. You guys hate us because we hate George <laughs> W. Bush. Yeah. And then they all just, and it came, it, oh. there was no even introduction to it. They just came back from commercial and all of a sudden and you hear that right like, into it. Texas. And they're yeah. saying, I'm like, oh. Yes, you're like, oh my god, they're performing it! And yeah. they have that, like, brass band, flamboyant brass band jumping oh, yes. around. Oh, oh my yes, god. Honey. It was so good. Yes. I love yes. that performance. I just, it was, it, I think, I honestly feel like, too, I think it was... I loved it because I loved that they were trolling everybody. Yeah. I think that that was me. It was it was more. Uh, it wasn't even about for me the performance. It was the idea of like just being in this space makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. It always makes me laugh that people people hate both Beyonce and the Dixie <laughs> Chicks that much. Yeah. So I yeah that's a really good performance. I didn't even think about that one. I, I I watch everything she does and I'm just like okay. Um. I think my last one that I'm gonna go ahead and say that I for for me. And again, uh, it's just on principle. I absolutely love the Deja Vu performance of Beachella. Oh, yeah. And I think I love it more because on the ep- because on the version that I have, you can hear the audience in the background as uh, as the girls are playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just hear everybody going, hey, hey, <laughs> like everyone's so excited for for like the intro and the bass line. Um, and then you have like the girls where they walk out and the cross pattern. And then, you know, even though Jay kept flubbing his words, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that was about. But I still just love the energy of that song. I don't know what it is about that in particular performance there are so many moments of Beachella that I'm sure we could break down but I still yeah. think out of all of the moments of Beachella I, I deja whenever the deja vu part comes on I'm sold I'm like yes I I am because and you know what else I, I've never had a chance to break down can we get into the way Beyonce like she intertwined her songs oh yeah so like even at the end of Beachella specifically with the deja vu that's what I think made me love that performance was her going into green light because uh-huh. she never does that song any like she never does it yeah that's true yeah I'm she to... never does it 
think, and I can't think of a. <laughs> mm-hmm. She started doing Kitty Cat more, but then she never did Green. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I think for me, I was so excited because I had noticed there were a lot of songs during Beachella. She actually doesn't perform Deja Vu a lot either. Like a lot of times, Deja didn't Vu was left had, off. Didn't she add Freakum Dress in there too at Beachella, or am I imagining that? No, I think she... you're imagining it. <laughs> just, no, it's okay, okay though. Because I'm I know that during I am and stuff, she's she's had it, but it wasn't right. it wasn't in Beachella. But I do know, like I said, I I appreciate when she goes back to B Day with yeah. the intertwining of different songs. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. She's so, yeah. she's a master at that. Yeah. And also intertwining other people's song because did you hear and this is again totally off the, the record of uh, our record but off of what <laughs> we're talking about. Did you hear when they were doing the uh oh part um during Beachella with her and her sister um at the beginning when she was doing the uh oh part, there's back that ass up that's playing on the horns in the oh, background. If you listen to it yeah. like intently and then even the same thing too with like um when she's dancing with solange you have the whole like young jock so i just i love her musicality i think that's what i'm trying to say yeah um but i just i, I absolutely adore the deja vu performance no, she has a great so, yeah. ear for blending songs for harmonies for all of this this is why i'm always like can't believe when people go at her for oh well she's just a singer or she's just that or she yeah i guess she can sing good but like whatever beck plays 32 instruments and that's why he won the album shut up like beyonce Beyonce is still amazing way more (laughs) musicianship than anyone ever gives her credit for right and we all know why yeah oh we all know why but i think overall like that just just run from the rundown i think from she's always been and i think that that's the thing you know before we move on to the next segment i think the 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 one thing i've always really appreciated is how talented beyonce is and the fact that even in the moments when people weren't trying to give her her credit she still like kept going right because it would have been real easy for her to just say yeah she it would have been real easy for even like writing on the wall era right so we talk about destiny's child people you know she wrote and got credits for almost every song Mm. on that album and people were going oh beyonce didn't really write that and i'm going well if you look back a lot of the songs are very simple so yes yeah, she could have written it but i also think like at the time she had a vision for that album and a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't want to give her credit for it and i think that that's the thing i've loved about her is that even when people don't she still does her thing and she does it in a way that it's just it's invigorating i don't know i love that woman so much i have to give an unconventional unconventional honorable mention too because i wrote it down here yeah um that's not really a live performance, but Beyonce's performance as Etta James in Cadillac Records, I think okay. is really good. Okay. Um, and people don't, especially because people, and admittedly, she's not been an amazing actress in everything mm-hmm. she's done. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, Obsessed wasn't, you know, like... Oh, Obsessed. The writing yeah. in Obsessed isn't really... Yeah. The, of the highest quality. Okay. I think she was great in Dreamgirls, but I think she was amazing yeah. in Cadillac Records, even mm-hmm. though the script caveat, the script of Cadillac Records is fucked and got Etta James's story wrong. And then Etta yeah. James was mad at Beyonce, but I don't think it was really Beyonce's fault right. <laughs> in a right. lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. But as the portrayal and then singing um, I'd Rather Go Blind, especially yeah. as Etta James, I thought was genius. But mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the whole her, her singing at last at the yeah. inauguration and all that. So that, that was, was a little really cute. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, and Etta James was mad at that too. It was a little messy, but I think she <laughs> did uh, a nice job of portraying Etta James 
even though the storyline was wrong about her yeah. life. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. No, and I, I think the same thing. I, I will... My, my husband gets on my case about that because I will stand Beyonce whenever and he's like, her, but her acting. And I'm like, yeah, we all kind of know as fans that Beyonce's acting is not the best, but we still love the fact that she's getting roles. So, whatever. Yeah. But I I think it was it was comparable to anyone, any other good actress in both Dreamgirls mm-hmm. and Cadillac Records. Those two. Yeah. I'll get Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, yeah, yeah. The others... Yeah, I mean you can't what, what you, you can't really about? be great in Austin Powers' gold member. Like that's you, what I was you, thinking. Like, what are your thoughts on Austin Powers? Because what yeah, can you do I, with Foxy yeah. Cleopatra? I mean, and she does a good job with what she has, but like, what are you supposed to do with that? Right. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. <laughs> that, all those movies were trash. But if you really think about it, all the Austin Powers movies were terrible. So she didn't really have a lot to work with right. anyway. It wasn't like it was this like it was supposed to be cheeky and stupid and yeah. silly. And I think that that's the thing I always tell people. Like I don't know if that's considered serious acting anyway. It's no different than any of Eddie Murphy's movies. I all mean, his movies are really silly. I think her acting in Lemonade is fantastic. <laughs> like oh yeah, she's she's acting there too. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like. I mean, she does have the the voiceover thing, but like the voice acting in that was delivered yeah. really well. So I think very much. I think she's progressed a lot. Um, yeah, and gotten. I'm much excited better. for. I'm I'm excited for Lion King. I really think that we're gonna see a different side of her for this. And yeah. I think it. You know the the just the intonations of her voice and that it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. So, um. So yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and get Ooh. to the recess we've spent um about a good hour gushing over <laughs> our girl B, which i could do all day every day um but they're gonna what, write into us and tell us to just turn this whole podcast into beyonce every day no. pretty much <laughs> but no but we just again we're celebrating your book and we're also celebrating the fact that beyonce is life so Yay. that's that on that so um any thoughts for recess this week i mean i don't have any particular i mean ikea furniture bugs me <laughs> <laughs> what what's what we, tell us on, we, what's on your mind we, about why a bug well, we talked about that earlier putting it together ikea furniture um but i haven't had any major major run-ins with anything too okay obnoxious other than you know mm-hmm. the world exploding or getting yeah. getting oh, ready to God. explode um the world. i keep saying jesus needs well to come and god back. Uh, like on. the f- uh, california is burning down what are you, how are you out there yeah. we're fine so <laughs> you're not normally- close are no, you? we're not close, but the thing is our air quality is still really right. bad, and I think that that's the people forget is that even though I am only about an hour and 30 minutes away from um, from Thousand Oaks, yeah. the wind is so bad here these last few days, and so we're getting, even though we can't really smell it, it's still in the air, right. and so even like today when I went to the gym, you know, I get out of my car, and then I just immediately uh-huh. started sneezing, and you know, and everybody at the gym, they're, you know, they're wiping their nose, and right. they're sneezing, and so yeah, so the air quality in Cali, it's just especially so SoCal right now is really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do want to send my condolences. I've had a few friends tell me, uh, friends who, you know, live near Malibu, friends who lived in the Thousand Oaks area. Um, a friend of mine just told me that her old job burnt down. So um, sending my condolences to, you know, people that have lost family or people yeah. that have lost their homes um, or people that have, you know, been hurt in just this whole process, right? And then we also had the shooting that happened last week. So California's going through a lot. I think for me, like... I I was so looking forward to this podcast because this week we were able to really just talk about yeah. something that's a little bit more on the lighter side of things because everything has been so heavy. Yeah. Um, but Sorry, yeah, but a lot I, of I took so- it there. I took it to... <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely okay. Yeah. Um, but 
overall, we're we're doing okay. I'm just constantly tapping into people that I know and love that live in that area and asking them if I need if they need anything or if any, if I can do anything to help them. So yeah. that's that. But um, IKEA furniture is difficult. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's not that bad compared to other issues. Uh, right. What are you? You had a. You said you had a run in or something. So something. I, do um so this week um what we're gonna talk about in terms of things that grinds my gears um i spent a little bit of time in uh, florida and then i also went to virginia uh, last week and um a friend of mine i, I went to a, the city of williamsburg and i won't name the restaurant but i'm gonna say this it, it ties into a lot of stuff that I, a lot of other experiences i've had so I get there and I'm sitting in my hotel and I'm like, hmm, I'm hungry. I really want to go get something to eat. A friend of mine lived a couple of minutes away. So we're going back and forth of like, hey, girl, we're going to get together. And I'm telling her about this place, all of the ratings that it has on Yelp. I personally, in my heart of hearts, because what folks don't seem to understand or know about California. And and this is, again, me not trying to to drag anybody. (laughs) We have a very large population of of Latinx folks. And so Mm. because of the large population of Latinx folks here in California, it's very rare that you can find a good soul food place, right? Uh. So... I'm all, anytime I can ever go somewhere and if I can find a soul food spot, I'm going to try it, right? Like, that's my thing. I'm like... We don't have them in California. If you do, if we do have them, you have to like it's a drive. So I was really happy to get to Williamsburg and find out that the the, the soul food place was literally within walking distance of my hotel. So I'm excited. I put on, you know, I put on my fat pants and I'm texting my friend and I'm letting her know, like, we're going to go to this place. So she pulls up. We jump in the car. We, we you know, we do what we suppo- we, we do what we need to do to get there. We put on Surrey and, you know, she gives us directions and we pull up. We're ready. We're ready to eat and indulge in chicken and greens and all of the stuff that people eat at soul food places. We get to the front door and they're closed. No sign, no nothing. And I'm pulling on the door going on Yelp. It says, y'all close at 8. It's 635. So, like, I'm, me, and, me and her looking at each other, we're going back and forth. And I'm like, "Did we? is today a holiday? Did I miss something? So I'm like trying to pull on the door. I'm like, well, maybe something went wrong inside. So I'll just, you know, do a gentle knock of like, maybe they forgot to unlock the door. (laughs) This woman comes out and she goes, oh, yeah, we didn't have that many people. So we closed. And I'm going, um, you don't want this money? (laughs) (laughs) Like, 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 you don't want, you don't, because I was move ready to pay at least a good 50 to 100 dollars in food. Like I was, I was ready you no she just looked at us and was like yeah we're closed have a nice day and i'm just looking around going like how do you do that as a business like that's a bad business practice yeah Uh. (laughs) so so my rant this week is like groceries like not even grocery stores like restaurants places of like eateries stop closing early if y'all don't need to close early like i understand you i understand it it costs money to stay open but Send people home. Yeah. Like, don't don't close the whole restaurant and then just be like, oh, we closed because we weren't getting no business. How does that look? And it's not the first time. There was another place that did the same thing to me here in California a couple a couple a couple months ago. Like, I we pull up and then we pull on the door. Oh, we closed early today. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Uh. This is what we're doing. So I 
just, I'm, I know like the fat in me is jumping out right now, but it's just so frustrating to me to have like, just imagine like my whole heart was set ready on getting, wh- yeah. Yeah. I don't, I hate mac and cheese and we'll get into that later, oh. but my heart was set for like, my whole heart was set in, my heart of hearts was set up for like, I was ready to receive yeah. All of the soul food that they had to provide me, and I get there and nothing. Yeah. Just nothing. My whole evening, like, as much as I enjoyed the meal that we did go have, you know, I got to meet my friend and stuff. My whole evening was shot, Kevin. What food did you end up having, though? We went to this place called Captain Something or Another. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a seafood. Oh. Um it was a seafood buffet. And I will say this, and I know, Tanisha, if you're listening, girl, this is not you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want you to be mad at me because she might put this podcast on and think that I'm trying to drag her. No. Um, I enjoy buffets. I enjoy meals. I enjoy multi- the, the option of being able to go get, like, multiple plates of, stuff, of yeah. food. Obviously, I'm the uh, you know I'm the size of Texas right now. So I've gained some weight, and, and I recognize that's because I'm not keeping to eating as healthy as I should. But I say all of that to say that not everything should be a buffet. And I... (laughs) (laughs) And I... I personally feel like a seafood buffet is pushing it. Like, there's just a line that I think you have to cut... buffets and i feel like seafood buffets is where we draw that line so what are your thoughts on buffets no i like but i like a buffet because i like to be able you know if you order a plate then you just get one thing but you can like take from here and here and get yeah you know a lot of different things but i agree with you i've only been to one seafood buffet and it was in las vegas and it was yeah disgusting (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot and i think that's and you and like you, you want to commit because I knew I, when when she said how much it was gonna be in my heart of hearts I was going okay well you gonna eat all of how you much it's to, gonna cost yeah. you to be here but then I got to a point where I was just like oh this is like this is a lot like this is a lot to commit to <laughs> and you know and again no no shade to you know my friend for picking the place out like it was good there was a, quite a good like their their desserts were great um you know their their potatoes a lot of the stuff was good but I just there was a part you know even the crab the crab was great like the crab was warm we were able to eat it it was seasoned well the butter was good but it just there were other things that were out and I was going oh like this should not be on a buffet line like I was going, yeah like, seafood sitting oh. out and a buffet Buffet line doesn't always. I'm just thankful I didn't get sick. That's the thing. I always, I I always appreciate when I go to a buffet and I eat a lot and I don't get sick. Isn't that always? (laughs) It's just made me think of. Did you see that movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? It's like the fake beauty. It's like a mockumentary about a beauty pageant and Kirsten Mm -mm. Dunst is in it. It's really funny. Mm -mm. It came out like forever ago. I must have been in high school. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think she ends up winning. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen this movie, yeah, she they're like at the semifinals, and everyone is at it's a seafood buffet, and everyone oh, gets God. sick, oh. <laughs> and she wins by default because she's the oh. only one that does it. She's like my mom. They're they're from the Midwest, so she talks with a really thick. She's like, my mom <laughs> told me you never eat anything that carries its home along with it, at, oh, like with a shell. <laughs> so she doesn't eat any, and she's the only oh. one that's not sick. So she gets to go to the final. <laughs> it's just so. Oh. 
It's a really stupid movie, but in like a hilarious way. Yeah. Uh, Whenever I eat anywhere, I I know we're getting we're getting way <laughs> off topic here, but it's whatever. That's the fun of doing podcasts, right? We can talk about whatever we want. Right. Um, I I have had, and I my husband will kill me if I tell this story, but I'm gonna go into a light. Just, just getting food. Can we, for a quick moment, can we just talk about food poisoning? And, and what happens to your body <laughs> when you get food poisoning? I, when I tell, I one time I went to this restaurant in Irvine. I have not been back since. This was in like 2013. I literally ate, and within hours, I was so sick. I'll spare everybody the details of how sick I was. But when I tell you I was so sick that I was crying over a toilet and I was screaming, I have nothing else to give you. <laughs> I- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh the ghetto. I, I, I would wish food poisoning on my worst enemy. It is the absolute worst. So as I'm eating at the seafood buffet, I'm doing a light like, like prayer yeah. to Beyonce. It's like, I just... I have a. I have to talk tomorrow. I just need to get through Thursday. If I can just get through Thursday, whatever needs to happen can happen to me on Friday when I get back to Cali. But ooh, child, that is always a fear of mine. I, and I, the reason why I brought that up is I had Chipotle the same like the day after, and so I was thinking to myself of like even when I go to Chipotle, like I love Chipotle and a lot of people do, but I'm always very fearful of like what could potentially <laughs> happen for me eating at Chipotle. Do you eat at Chipotle? I've eaten there one time. Oh, That's yeah. it. Don't, don't, don't. Um, <laughs> don't. Everybody, I've I've had friends tell me stories about what happened to them from eating Chipotle. And I'm like, anytime I go, I always get the same thing. I get a bean <laughs> and rice burrito yeah. with guacamole and a few of the vegetables. And I call them that. I'm not eating any meat. You, yeah. can, you could not pay me enough to eat Chipotle's meat. <laughs> not after all the stories that I know. But yeah, so that is, that wraps it up for us. This is another episode of Learn. Um, we hope you don't you get have, food poisoning. Look, we, especially too, with the holidays getting ready to oh, come right. up. Oh, right. Be careful. Oh. No food poisoning. And don't eat everybody's food, honey. Oh, yeah. You don't know how people prepare their food. People like to have animals. And like to... <laughs> also, did you see that? Did you see that video on Twitter? I had retweeted it about that no. man. He, there was somebody oh. who had. I think I know. You... With the toilet? Yes. Yes, Mm-mm. and the noodles. Uh, see that, uh, that? That's why, like I said, I, I I've not gone to any potlucks. But when I did work at a school that did potlucks, I would never eat anything that was not like no, came from yeah. like a dominant. Mm, mm, I'm not eating your food. You, I don't you need know to what trust. You do yeah, you have to trust them and know. <laughs> no, ma'am, honey. I don't trust nobody. So, yeah. So, please be careful. <laughs> um, we should have another episode before the holidays hit. But yeah. overall, I'm really excited. But overall, yeah. Um, anything coming up that we should be aware of or know about? Not for me. Any announcements? <laughs> Not okay. for me. I'm just yeah. waiting. Just waiting on June. You're going to be busy. You're going to be very busy. Have you planned, like, a, a speaking, a book tour and all uh, that? Not yet. I'm okay. trying. It'll come. We'll see how. I want to go everywhere. So... Mm-hmm. Hey, if you you all want me to come, <laughs> plug plug. Yes. Send an email. Get in touch on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'll come anywhere. Yes. Sign some books or talk about Beyonce or mm-hmm. just hang out and have a drink. <laughs> okay, yes, queen. Come on. I'm here for that. So that'd be really cool. And I don't know uh, for how our listeners would feel, but if you do plan to come to LA, then we could potentially plan to do a live, live show. Yes, at a small, cute little coffee shop. That would be fun. Yes. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep that in the works. But uh, so for me, I don't really have anything. Um. 
I told myself that I'm going to get on my writing game. I told my, so I, I'm going to be at the Black Consciousness Conference this week in Long Beach, California. Um, I'll be one of the panelists on a talk there. So that's exciting. Um, and then the other thing I'm spending all of December, I told myself in December, I plan to write my pilot. It's not like mm. I feel like anybody is going to actually probably want to read it since they're rebooting every goddamn thing. Um, but I, I, I did tell myself for myself that I am, my goal of December is to get my pilot written. So, um, so that's really it. So yeah, that's that. I don't really have anything. Um, but yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Anybody you want to shout out anything you want to? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head now. (laughs) I feel the same way. Um, and if there are anybody who's doing great things, keep doing it. Um, the world is on fire and, um, protect yourselves, protect yourselves and, and, and stay sane. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. This is for them 20-somethings. Time really moves past you at just 16. This is for them 30-something that didn't turn out exactly how your mom and dad wanted you to be. This is for them 40